Georgia Virtue presents the Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong podcast. This is episode 230. This week, we have Silence of Piedmont Park, Keeping Up with Alex Joneses, College Admissions, Reparations at a Georgia Community, Wildfires Are Elitist, Backing That Fanny Up, and The Death of Comedy. I'm Dave Roberts. With me is my cohort, writer, journalist, dog mom, and owner of the GeorgiaVirtue.com, Jessica Salaji. Howdy, Dave. Howdy, howdy. How was your week? Oh, it was lovely. How was yours? Hot. I feel like you're in for at I least spent, another uh, month of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spent two hours changing a, a, a blower motor in an attic. Not quite tall enough to stand up in and not quite enough room to lay down in. Hmm. That sucks. Ah, it is what it is. I mean, it had to, had to get done. Like, how'd you get so fat working in attics? Because well, you sweat water, not cheeseburgers. Lord. <laughs> well, we have the Bye Bye Miss American Pie and Music Midtown 2. Yeah, this was a shot heard around the world. I All puns intended, I guess. But um, guns are to blame. Or Kemp or... Republicans or the Constitution. Yeah, according to Abrams. Yeah. Every. Yeah. When I saw the headline, I thought it was going to be about COVID or monkeypox or something. No joke. So the idea that is being presented now, Music Midtown has not said anything about it other than Mm -hmm. we're canceling. They haven't made a statement one way or the other, whether it has to do with the. With the new gun laws, <clears throat> there have been some cases where the Atlanta Botanical Garden uh, was trying to, to bar people from bringing firearms in, and and they got the smackdown for because it. Because it's not private property. Right. It is public property, as is Piedmont Park. Right. So the theory that Abrams and her folks are putting out is that artists were pulling out because they didn't want to be in front of an armed audience. Which is ironic because, you know, technically it could be, that could be true, except that it could be because of all the violence and everything that's happening in Atlanta. I mean, it's like a mini Chicago down there right now. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't go ride. The only way to do Music Midtown is is either... Uh, even like the rideshare companies have a hard time getting close to the park is, is to take Marta. It's the, it's the only viable way. And I'm not riding Marta unarmed. That's stupid. Yeah. I, and the fact is who, 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 who was it that had the guy come up, and stab him on, try to stab him on stage. Oh gosh. I don't know. When, when was that? It got, it got smacked around for it. I, thought, uh, I can't remember who it was. It was a performer, but this guy came into the show with a knife disguised as a gun. Like, neither one of those items w- w- was he supposed to have in there. And he disguised a knife as a gun and, and went after this performer. I mean, he got the snot kicked out of mm-hmm. him for it, naturally. But if that can get through, why shouldn't patrons be able to, to protect themselves? I mean, it's a great point. The question, obviously, is... 
I mean, we know that they are not allowed to prohibit people. We know that it's on private property. I don't know why Music Midtown would... I mean, Public. yeah, sorry. Thank you. But I don't know why Music Midtown won't come out. Like, why, why do you think they're not asserting what the reason is? For the blowback, so to speak. But technically, there is blowback the, right for, now. From from all sides. Uh, a lot of it, honestly, from what from what we read in... Uh, on uh, George uh, Chidi's uh, column was that it's not just the guns. It's it's everything else that goes around with low ticket sales. People don't want to go. Besides it being a huge pain to get in and out of Piedmont Park uh, on, on a day when you have, you know, hundreds of thousands of people coming in to 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 a festival. You know, it has grown exponentially since since it was started. It's been years. It's it's been 15, 20 years since since I've since I went to it, and even in the statement that that uh, Music Midtown put out it says we hope to see you next September or something like that. So it's not that they're pulling out of Atlanta completely. No. I think I think festivals are are having having a hard time right now in places like Chicago, New York, uh, Atlanta, places that that you have the uptick in violence. Look, the people who buy the expensive tickets are old middle aged guys like me. Well, there was an interesting part. I mean, you talked about um, low ticket sales and obviously like they know what threshold they have to meet to make it worth their while and to to cover everything that is. But um, there was somewhere it was reported about how it costs more for a festival to ensure the event and, you know, everything that comes along with that where guns are not allowed to be banned. Um, which is interesting. I mean, do restaurants have higher insurance because I mean, private property, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't know how this effect that impacts someone else. Like a restaurant that allows guns or doesn't bar guns doesn't have higher insurance. Do they? I have no idea. I've often thought that the, no firearms on on premise uh, signs were for the insurance companies. Okay, we 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 barred we we barred guns. Yeah. Which you know the sign what it really says if you translate it is please conceal. But honestly, that to me, I mean that you would think that allowing guns would well, <laughs> if you are a critical thinker who understands how lawful gun owners operate, you would know that your insurance should actually go down if you allow guns. Um, it's un- I mean, look at the yeah, mall. The kid that made, made the, yeah. Kid that made, made amazing shots at, at the mall scoring eight, eight out of 10 <clears throat> from a distance with a pistol. Under zero fire. people sued the mall. And if zero, zero people, zero people hurt outside of the target. Yeah. But, and you know what, in this day and age, he'll, his family will probably sue because that's just the world we live in. They'll probably sue because guns weren't banned. But by and large, I mean, if 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 ten people had been shot, all of their family members would have sued. Right. And look, music midtown and and music festivals for those who you know have the energy for it, <clears throat> and depending on the lineup is, uh, they're great fun. 
I mean, how many places can you catch Ario Speedwagon and Snoop Dogg at, with one ticket price? Not many. So it's it's not that, that I'm down on music festivals. It's a, a pretty cool thing. Pretty cool thing to be around, especially with with bands that may not be as popular and where can't sell out a venue by themselves, but will we'll be out there, you know, classic rock bands or whatever that had two two or three hits will be up there at three o'clock in the afternoon playing. And if that's you know that's what you want to see, that's what you go do. And also, these bands know when you're at a music festival. You're playing your hits. You're not playing your new stuff. I'm going to play something off our new album. No. That's not what we're here for. But anyway, I digress. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I, she's hammering Kemp over this. And really, the, the law that, that applies to public property wasn't signed by Kemp. No, wasn't it Deal? Yeah, it was 2014. Yeah, it was Deal. Yeah. So Kemp didn't sign that legislation. You know, I understand he he went with the permitless carry, but that has nothing to do with this. And just as a reminder, I wrote about it, mm, I don't know, probably six years ago at this point. But when Stacey Abrams was the minority leader and Governor Deal was the governor, Stacey Abrams and the Democrat caucus voted with Republicans for Nathan Deal's initiatives, something like 95% of the time or more. Um, so, I mean, yeah. no, the Democrats did not support the gun overhaul in 2014. I'm not suggesting that she supported it then and didn't now, but, um, you know, it was a Nathan deal arm of the stuff and she was mostly in his corner. Right. But for her to hammer, uh, Kemp over it, look, she's running some anti-gun commercials, and there's been some some really good media uh, that that Candace have put out. <clears throat> this one's not talking about guns everywhere, and now it's making it easier for criminal. No, I mean it's just a <clears throat> a lying commercial about you know guns in our schools and guns everywhere. And if you don't need a permit, it's to make it easier for for criminals to get one. Like no, it doesn't change the forty four seventy three. Doesn't change the background check. We have person-to-person sales in Georgia. No law has has changed that. So it's still just as easy to go to go buy a uh, buy a firearm off of half a dozen websites and and go and do a person-to-person transaction. It's perfectly legal. It has nothing nothing that that was in the permitless carry bill makes it easier for for any person to to get and own a firearm. No. Anything. I doubt there's. Um, yeah. So that. Yeah, I, 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 I know what they're doing. I was about to say I don't get it, but I don't understand how people be the be would listen to this stuff and go, "That's right." If you don't have a permit, all the you know, it makes it so much easier to get a gun. No, it really doesn't. In fact, if you have a permit, you still in the state of Georgia can buy a firearm at a at a store. At an FFL, without a background check, because you've, you've you've got your carry permit. So arguably, the people who don't have a permit are using permitless carry. If they go and buy from Academy Sports or somebody like that, they still have to do a full background check. And if your name's you have a name like mine, where there are a lot of Dave Roberts, 
it doesn't it probably wouldn't come back immediately. You have to sift through a bunch of Dave Roberts to to, to go. Oh, okay, yeah, this this guy's clean, right? At least my background is for now. <laughs> for now, is that a knock on the door? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like your last note. Channel your inner John Mayer. Well, when I yeah, I don't, yeah. Mm-hmm. go ahead. You is <laughs> yeah, but. Uh, Say what you need to say, and I, I and I assume that's in reference to because Midtown not even giving reasons that they really should come out and say, "Look, it was soft soft ticket sales." If that's because of because of political environment, fine. If it's because of crime, fine. But it's we had soft ticket sales. Well, whatever the reason is, if it is soft ticket, I mean, like if they if they want to speculate or if people want to draw conclusions, you know, I I if it is because of crime, then. That should be, that should go towards our leaders and ho- then be held responsible for that. And ad- people should advocate for change because they're losing out on events. If it's because of the guns, then I mean, that's really just an education thing because people fearing lawful gun, un- gun owners is just ignorance. Um, and I and I don't mean that like rudely. I, I mean like it's just a genuine. I don't think most people understand the responsibility that a lawful gun owner takes on when they carry a gun. Um, but I think aside from Abrams, I think that music Midtown is in the wrong. Um, and, and Abrams is wrong for not saying, Hey, why don't you guys find a private location? Right. Uh, festivals are tough because <clears throat> festivals are multiple stages and most private venues don't have Okay, that. well, you know what? When Trump was angry about social media, everyone was like, oh, you should go start your own. Well, he did. So if if Democrats and people who are anti-gun don't like that on public property in the state of Georgia, you can have a, you're not allowed to ban guns, then invest in your community, buy up some property, Get to work. Well, the I really think w- with that the decision because look a lot of music Midtown is family environment now of course some of the some of the dirtier stuff may may come on after dark but there are a lot of families that go down for this stuff and if you're a suburban family and you're looking at the crime and and you know the transportation that's already a pain to get down there rising crime and you got you got kids that that you're taking with you and I, th- I think it's great to take kids to ex- to concerts and expose them to to music uh but you're you're seeing all the stuff that's that's going on in Atlanta like maybe not this year mm-hmm. or if you're believing believing the hype with the the coronavirus in- infections maybe I shouldn't be at a festival uh you know shoulder to shoulder with a bunch of people Nobody owes you anything, though. I mean, like, people are acting like they've been wronged because Music Midtown isn't happening. Like, it's a private event on public property, but it's a private event, and, you know, they're not obligated to put the show on. So stupid. And it's, it is, it's a drain on the local resources. Mm-hmm. It really is. It, it, you have to put so many police officers there. And this, you know, that's not has nothing to do with guns or anything else. But you have to you have to pull in so many officers, and security costs are are, are going through the roof. I think in one of the articles it mentioned, uh, uh, is it Decatur or DeKalb County, whichever whichever one, is paying their officers triple overtime to keep them keep them on the road, working wow. you know working for the municipality instead of going and working a club. That's a lot of money. 
Dang. Yeah, and it's you know, music midtown where you may get this gig, you know, for for three or four days, whatever it is, uh, once a year. You're gonna pick up triple overtime to work a shift and be at the same place and make more money. That's where I'd be. We're gonna say that until some officers picked up too many shifts and and starts making poor decisions behind the wheel because there's there's you know he's just exhausted. So, Alex Jones ordered to pay Sandy Hook parents more than four million dollars. Why this? Okay, it story. is. It's very interesting. But um, do you know why it was a Texas jury? I believe if you sue somebody, you have to sue them in the municipality in which they reside. Oh, duh. My bad. It wasn't a federal suit. It was a uh, state. Right. So a Texas jury ordered... Uh, cons- <laughs> you can tell this the article is written by the Hill. Conspiracy theorist Alex Jones to pay more than $4 million. Uh, I guess they were looking for 150 million. For, but they could still get more. It's for they the can. um. Well, we'll we'll get into it in a minute. But it was so, a defamation trial, which is what is a very interesting thing. Yeah, here's the thing. Uh, what Alex said, and he admits what he was saying was wrong. He said he, he believed misinformation. He was reporting his fact that uh, Sandy Hook was a, was a red herring, that uh, it didn't really happen. Here's the problem. He's allowed to say stuff like that. I mean, if, if by this time you don't know that Alex Jones is playing a yeah. character. I agree. So... I was super intrigued by this because, um, I mean, I don't really consider him news, but just being someone with a public platform and obviously we've talked about Guyton and their definition of defamation. Um, but I looked up the, the elements for defamation in New Jersey and it requires obviously a false statement communication of that statement to a third party, fault of the defendant amounting to at least negligence, and then damages suffered by the plaintiff. And, you know, I think, uh, obviously in civil suits, it's not beyond a reasonable doubt. I think it's um, like the preponderance of evidence that it it was more likely than not that it happened or whatever this, it's a legal standard that's much lower threshold. But, um, to me, the part that is really interesting is the the damages suffered by the plaintiff because I don't know how you tell or, well, it's not a very popular opinion to look at parents and say, like, your damages are that your child was killed, shot um, in a national tragedy that has become a political point and a political token in different capacities like that's a the damages i don't know how you could say well alex jones made it worse because it's a it's supposedly i don't have children and i've never lost a child but it is the worst thing that can happen to somebody so how do you distinguish well this pain this pain that i am experiencing is because of my child being murdered and this pain i'm experiencing is because of alex jones 
Um, the, these uh, Sandy Hook parents, I believe, are the same that were suing, I think, Bushmaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they've turned to civil courts. And look, I, I have to believe this jury just didn't like Alex Jones. Alex Jones is not a likable guy. No, and what he got another, there were two other cases where he was sued where there were default judgments because he didn't show up. Um, so, I mean. Well, and he said the, the $4 million would put him under. And put I guess put Infowars is that is that is that his company? Yeah, there's some. Uh, we'll put we'll put them under. They they, they can't cannot absorb the 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 hit. And I don't know what kind of liability insurance you have to carry for things that you say. Well, it's not easy to get insurance as a again. I hate. I mean. I don't like referring to him as the media, but by legal definitions and the First Amendment, the public is the media and the media is the public and there is no distinction. So by all, if you're talking about a First Amendment um, right to say things and where that line is drawn, he is the same for both. But I don't, it's not easy to get liability or an umbrella policy or um, an add-on to a policy you have to cover these types of things. Um, obviously with like a the the massive corporation that he had at one time and certainly in 2012 when he was a little bit more popular i guess obviously because i was during the obama administration um i'm sure that his insurance was better than it is today because he claims that you know youtube silencing him and other platforms has hurt his business but well i'm sure it has so has um, what he said. Right. Look, if if you allow this suit, if it's not overturned, uh, are families of will Gold Star families be able to sue uh, Westboro Baptist Church? Well, I don't know. I mean, because like one of the claims about the defamation is that in saying that this was false, then they were subjected to threats and harassment supposedly by his followers um and he's and their claim is that his followers got the information from his website and and i don't know yeah i don't know i know that uh he's got here's the problem with playing crazy in order to stay with that character you have to push it further and further and further. Uh, you, you know, you can't you, you can't keep doing the same things. You have to go further and further and further out there to to get the get those sort of listeners that 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 he was looking for, uh, or eyeballs in the case of of his uh, uh, stuff on YouTube. But you have to you have to keep going further and further down the, the rabbit holes, or you know, sort of like a- Andy Kaufman did. You know, you have to everything that you do that's nuts. You have to push it beyond that, and f- especially in the early days when people were wondering who this Alex Jones guy is, Joe Rogan would come to his defense like, "Like you guys don't understand, that's not the Alex I know." And I believe that. You know, basically, he did. He did get yeah, worse. And, and it, yeah, and I even heard after after this when a lot of it was coming up, he was on he was on Rogan's podcast. And heard him talking about it, and you know, he, he just he just 
essentially called himself stupid. I mean, he's like, oh, I, I got caught up in it. Um, but I, I don't, I, I, but I don't know where this, where they're going to come up with what, what monies do. I mean, well, while we're recording, they are deliberating the punitive damages. So I don't, you know, this very well, where very well may be answered by the time the show drops. Maybe not. Sometimes they come back with nothing after they've already awarded $4.1 million. Your Congresswoman was happy. Did you hear that? No. She su- <laughs> she offered her support throughout the trial, but she praised the um I don't I don't know what I don't I don't, I don't think it's a victory because it's still four million dollars, but um that that they didn't get the hundred fifty they're asking yeah. for. Yeah. Well, all that money's theoretical because he doesn't have a hundred. Well, all of money. our money is theoretical, theoretically. Well, that's true. This mm-hmm. is true. I'll buy a fiat. Yes. This is a good time to remind you that these are wait. our opinions and not those of any. I want to say something about Alex Jones. Have I told you about m- my Please interaction do. with Alex Jones in no. 2012? He actually stole a story of mine. Stole a story. A what? stole a story yes. of yours. So my, and this is the story itself is for another day, but I got my like fix on constitutional protections and like really all in on the Liberty movement because of a man named Andrew Wordies from the city of Roswell. He was known as the Roswell chicken man. And he took his life in 2012 after um, being harassed by the government for years, but I reported on it and Alex Jones and his InfoWars site stole my story word for word and did not give me credit. And I was so naive back then because I'd only been writing for like a year. But I left him a very nasty voicemail. <laughs> I'll have you know. I called his 1-800 number or whatever it was and left a nasty. He never called me back. I don't really think he gave a shit. But um, yeah, I left him a very nasty message. I'm sure he still has it. <laughs> but yeah, he's a thief too. That's not allegedly. He stole my story. But. A plagiarist. Yes. And it wasn't a conspiracy theory. It really did happen. So anyway, it is a good time to remind people that these are our opinions. And not those of anyone not on the show or any respective company for which we may work, own, or otherwise associate ourselves with on a regular or irregular basis. Also, you can find other episodes and relevant stories over the georgiavirtue.com. Piggybacking off the last topic, free speech uh, or and a protected class. Obviously, uh, American Ca- Council of uh, Education claims ending racial preferences in college admissions would chill speech. Uh, I guess the new argument is that colleges have a right to prefer certain types of students over others. They do. Give back that federal funding. Yeah. If you want to be private and get zero dollars, and I'm cool with that. You want to operate on private property instead of your tax-free property? It's a bit of a stretch to say that uh, admissions by race is chilling to speech. They're basically saying that 
people of color won't discuss their uh, their ethnic background, and that's chilling to to, to free speech. That during during the admissions process, you know, you write you write an essay and and, and all that stuff. Uh, that you won't, you can't go into your racial back. You wouldn't be able to go into your racial background because they can't take that into account. I, I don't. That's a that's a big 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 uh, uh, leap uh, to say that it's it's violating freedom of speech. Well, I mean, there's not really a whole uh, lot of other arguments that can be made, you know. And Harvard claims well, that race-conscious admissions are necessary to create a racially diverse student body. I mean, if they if they say that, and then they don't make the argument that they have a, a the free speech right to X, Y, and Z, then their argument has to it has to refocus to say certain races don't otherwise meet the admission standards and we don't, we wouldn't re- be recruiting them. So we have to do this. That's not, that's an ugly look. They don't want to do that. Right. I mean, they have quotas. Here's the thing. Yeah, it, it is. They're, they're shadow quotas. You know, we've, we've got too many Asians that are getting accepted. We've got to, got to trim that back. Look, you've got to compete. You have to compete in the world and that's what college is supposed to be about. It's pre- about is preparing you for the rest of your life, for te- for teaching you whatever you're going to do for the rest of your life. It's not it's not about it's not about learning about diversity. No, if you go to Harvard, you're there to go to Harvard. You should be the best of the best. You should you should test the best, and you should have the best scores. Whatever other admission standards they use, I, I know they use extracurricular activities and things like that. If you're going to Harvard Law, that's, I mean, you're there to learn law, how to be a lawyer. So I, I don't know how, how you can, you can take this idea that it's chilling to speech. No, you can, this, the prospective student could, can mention growing up the inner city and the struggles and all that stuff and it not be part of the admissions, admissions process. You know the the essay is not about you know your your background as much as it is you know let's, let's see if this person can can express himself. Well, and to me, it's just like money um, in campaign donations and whether or not. I mean, I have the same position here. Money is free; is it should not be limited. An individual should not be limited in how much they can donate to a candidate anywhere. Um, it is your money. It is your way to offer your speech your opinions, et cetera. I don't believe that that extends to organizations or PACs or anything else because we don't, we don't protect rights of organizations or PACs or groups. Like it, the entire, our rights are for individuals because individuals are the largest minority of people in the United States because we are all individuals same thing should go here we don't have first amendment protections for a damn college no we don't we shouldn't and it they keep trying to come back to this idea of quotas and they try to keep trying to go from a different angle every time and okay well the straight up angle didn't work 
All right, let's say it, it, it chills free speech. It's this anti-First Amendment for us not, not to be able to, to consider it the way we want to. Right. So it's, it is, uh, I don't think it's going to hold water. Uh, you already have the newest uh, justice yeah. who she will not be part of this case. Yeah, because she's on the board. Uh, she sits on, yeah, she's on the board of regents or whatever it is. For Harvard. Uh, for Harvard, yeah. And since Harvard's part of it. Uh, so, so she's not even going to be involved in it. She's recused herself, which is, is the right thing to do. It, it is. It's absolutely the right thing to do. Well, so I, I'm, I'm happy to see that. I mean, we already know how she would vote and her not voting is essentially the same. The only thing that leaves is the possibility of a, of a split decision. Well, and, you know, there's a libertarian leaning, it's hard to believe, but um, libertarian leaning law professor at UCLA, and he contributes to reason a lot, but he's quoted in one of the articles saying that applicants would be perfectly free to say whatever they want, but universities wouldn't be able to make decision based on the applicant's race. I mean, arguably, it shouldn't even like be a question on a application. No, you couldn't. You can't. Apply, can't apply for a job that way, or a housing application, or anything else. Right. Obviously, if you do a sit down interview, mm-hmm. it's kind of hard hard for me to to hide what I am. But to, to get to the point of having that sit-down interview it, uh, is my name looks like everybody else's. I mean, you can even take names off of them when you give to hiring managers uh, uh, and just go based on the res- resume alone of who, who do you want to talk to. This is, this is no different. And look, if you don't have the scores to get in, aren't you just being set up for failure? Although I have heard that Harvard is not that tough. Once you're in, the admissions process is the toughest yeah, part. I mean, I'm sure it would still be hard. Like, I'm sure it would still be hard for some people, but I agree with you that it's, I mean, they also don't want like a bunch of people flunking. So there's one of those, it's like the athletes at regular schools. They don't want them to fail out. So they. So the resource resources are made available Correct. to succeed. Whether study groups or or whatever else, you also have junior colleges that are around all these major universities. Uh, even West Point has one. I mean, I assume the other services do also. Uh, where you may you may you may have got your appointment, which is tough enough to do, uh, but you 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 need to catch up in you know certain certain areas. So there there's a there's another there's there's something for that. There's nothing wrong with going to a junior college for a couple of years, getting your scores up, and and then applying back to to Harvard as a transfer. Nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with doing your undergrad at Kennesaw State and then applying to Harvard Law. Yeah, I'm a big fan of community colleges and smaller schools because a lot of people thrive. I did. I mean, I had to go to a community college because I changed my mind at the last minute. And had not pursued the process of going in. I was going to go out of state and it ended up being the best decision I ever made. I like thrived and got an amazing GPA when I did transfer. Um, 
sadly, you know, once you graduate from any school, nobody gives a flying, you know, what about what your GPA was or what you, I mean, sure. If you go to an Ivy League or something, they're going to get certain doors and are opened for you. But nobody has asked me what my GPA was. And I don't even remember. It doesn't matter. All right. Sidebar. They're running this commercial about this this woman who was going back to get her uh, uh, GED or, or high school diploma. I can't remember what mm-hmm. she was doing. Uh, but you said you know, her mom was deported when she was little and how tough life was and that she's so proud she got she got her uh, either GED or high school diploma. And outside of joining the Army, I've never been asked for that. For asked for what? For, for, for proof that I went to, that I finished for high sure. school. In most places, even unless they're doing extensive background check, if you say you have a bachelor's, it's pretty much assumed. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Remember Renee Unterman? Ha. Huh. Yeah. Now we'll tell you uh, to be uh, to be an engineer. They do look at your GPA. Like I, I've got I've I know somebody who is a uh, uh, he's some boss in in aerospace, but he he does a lot of a lot of the hiring. You know, he goes he goes through and he's an engineer. And he, he's looking at the standards, and he was talking to his boss and said, I couldn't get hired by these standards. Like, yeah, these schools are tur- turning them out. We want we want 3.8s and above. Huh. I mean, I don't... So yeah. te- technical fields, you may find some of that. Uh, medical, too. I think if you become a, become a physician, when you're, when you're trying to... And law school, when, you, when you're trying to get those, uh, those rotations as a... Uh, uh, as a as a physician and or you're as as an attorney, you're trying to get uh, trying to get those clerk jobs. I, th- I think they're the where you graduated from, you know, being being with in the club of the same alumni uh, may help, but none of that none of that's even related. It's just they they're putting students who are ill prepared, who who are lower score, and it is the soft racism of lowered expectations. Of going to somebody going, oh, buddy, I know you, I, I know, I well, know. Like I said, you, you're, you, you can't if do you don't better. do this, you have to say, the, the argument is, well, why don't you have, why, why is your current class only this percentage diverse? Why is, why are you lacking in diversity? Why are there not as many women or why, why are there lots of women? Like depending on what school you're talking about. I mean. And the, the response is that they didn't meet the standards. That is, okay, well, then lower the standards will be the next argument. But these schools don't want to do that. So they have this is their only option. Or, crazy thing, you take the names and any and, and of the, the race information off the application before uh, the admissions even looks at it. And, and they're just assigned a number. I do always think it's ironic when we get to this point in the arguments, though, because, you know, Harvard is private, but of course they receive federal funds. If they chose not to, they would be exclusively private and and that would be they would be kind of in a bubble. Um, And it has put the left in the position to say, well, if we're private, we should be able to do what we want. Oh, you mean like when people want to refuse service to others? I mean, right. it's full circle here. It does put it does it does put them in in, in a in a terrible position when the same people coming out are cheering uh, cheering to put a bakery out of out of business for not wanting to do a gay wedding cake or supporting lawsuits uh, to that to that effect. Now, if private individuals decide not to do business with that bakery, I mean that's 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 fine. 
So yeah, you're right. It's all, all the they start doing that. Say, well, we're private. We can we can admit who we want and do whatever we want. I just think this kind of stuff. Every time you read the story, it cheapens the the degree that people are walking away with from Harvard. Yeah, there are very few names that are that are prestigious around the world. I mean, I don't care if you go into the jungles of Brazil and tell somebody who speaks three words of English and you tell them, hey, you know, I I got my biology degree from Harvard. Harvard? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. They know the name. Yes, Dave, that's probably. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, like me taking it to the point of absurdity. Mm -hmm. But no, everywhere around the world, people, people know Oxford, Cambridge, Yale, Harvard. They they know these names, and every time a story like this comes out, it, it cheapens those those degrees just just a little bit every time something like this comes out. So we have a lawsuit settled on the Georgia island where people say they were taxed too high and received too few resources. This is down in McIntosh County, which is if you've ever read Praying for Sheet Rock, a book about McIntosh County and the corruption down there, and McIntosh is just it is a it is a different kind of place, but. This is an island that could only be accessed by boat. Um, and the landowners claimed that they were paying high property taxes while receiving very few basic services. And it um, the, the high property taxes forced them to consider selling their land. Um, I think there's only like 50 people in the area, but... Um, I, I have a hard time because so the boat itself is like or the boat the the island itself has no schools, no police, no fire or trash collection. Um, and the argument is that well, these people have to pay for those things elsewhere, um, in the county. Like they pay because the the land was Macintosh County. This was in court for some like seven years in federal court. It's a really interesting concept to me. I mean, I don't understand why you would think that if you live on an island that is only accessible by boat, that you would have those resources just sitting there. I mean, it's not a large island. Um, I also don't understand. I mean, you might not have garbage pickup, but you've got to take your garbage somewhere. And I'm assuming that's in McIntosh County where there's a trash site or a dumpster. Um, they, have, they have a compactor. Yeah. And my other thing is, is like, there's never been police or fire or schools on this island and you chose to live there. Now, again, I like, we were talking about something similar to this before the show. I'm not, I don't support property taxes. I don't support the concept. I think it's un, like, it's the worst kind of taxation other than your income. Um, it's horrible. However, we're all subjected to it. And so I can't talk about it in that bubble, but I would have like, if you're going to choose to live there, you can't expect that because just as much as you think that you're paying for services somewhere else, if, if they put those services on the island, either your taxes would go up tremendously to have a special service district or everyone else would have to pay more so that you could have those services. I mean. Right. And this is this is a, a, one of the few Gullah Geechee settlements uh, left on the southeast of, uh, of the country. Uh 
what the descendants are 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 they are descendants of, of former slaves. Uh, there's a there's a, a proud tradition uh, in these communities. Okay, but they're but not. The, they don't have these. They don't lack services because they're descendants of slaves. Right, but no, that's I agree. been the narrative. Right. Uh, some of the stuff that that the county has agreed to do, some of it's reasonable. Empty the compactor once a month. Now again, empty the compactor. That means a truck has to get on a ferry and make a crossing to go and swap out the essentially the dumpster of the can on on the uh, on the on the uh, compactor. Twenty five to thirty minutes on boat each way. Right. And that's time that that trash that trash service is not running anywhere else, but I think once once a month is probably reasonable if if that is included in their county services. Um, the offering to maintain their fire uh, their fire truck, the the county will have to offer no cost training for a volunteer fire department. So. There's been lots of lawsuits that have kind of been morphed into this or branched off from this one, too, including, I think, it came out in maybe two years ago about the the ferry landing boats, because they are state-owned. They weren't accessible for wheelchairs and things like that. I mean, that I understand, especially if it's state property and... I mean, there's, there's lots of reasons for that, but there's like 40 islands or 40, um, island residents ish and, or their households. Some of them are single people. Some of them are small families, but it's not like there's a, a ton of kids out there. Um, some of the people died while this was going on, but at one point they threw out 19 of the lawsuits because the people couldn't prove they owned property on the island. I mean, to me, that is like a, a loud message. If you have no proof that you own the property and you've not secured a mechanism to prove that over the years, and, and you're at the age where you're dying because you're so old, I'm inclined to think that the, I've never been to the island, but I'm inclined to think that it's not exactly the most developed place and that the services that they're demanding aren't necessarily like appropriate for 40 people. Right. Uh, part of it is a, is a helipad. That's understandable. I mean. Well, until you realize helicopter can land anywhere flat. Sure. But I mean, then you get into the whole, like when, when somebody needs life flight around here, people are they had to ask the farmers and usually the farmers are like, yes, please like go ahead. But I guess these people don't want helicopters landing on their land. I don't know, but helipads do have to be maintained. Yeah. They got to get all those resources there to build it. Yeah. It also has to be maintained because you can't just put a cement slab down and go, okay, land. Uh, I don't know. This, this thing's been going on forever. Uh, I don't like the narrative, and you're right. If 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 you don't like living on that island, and it's been it's been that way since the end of the Civil War, these folks have been living on this, on on the islands, 
and sur- sur- surviving the way of life. And I'm not even sure if they have a paved road. Yeah. I thought I re- read somewhere that they've, it's only accessible by boat. It's, uh, most of the roads are dirt. And I'm, I am a, I'm attached to my home. I love my home. So I get like not just wanting to up and leave, but I know that living where I live, that certain, I mean, I pay the same fire fee as everyone else in the county, but I have the highest ISO rate because of my distance from the fire station. I don't feel like I'm being taxed inappropriately. I mean, just because my neighbor, two miles, not neighbor, but, you know, two miles up the road pays the same as me and they have a lower ISO, which gets them a lower insurance rate and they have a lower response time doesn't mean that I'm being overtaxed. It's just, it just is like, I, and I made a choice. I knew that when I moved here. Yeah. The, the county is also going to pay 2 million in cash to cover damages and attorney's fees. What are the damages? So once again, who makes the money? Well, yeah, attorneys, of course, but like who, what, what are the damages? I don't know. I don't know, but this it's it's, it's going to cost the county a fortune to do all that. Yeah, stuff. Yeah, Macintosh. It's I mean, it's not what they'll do is they'll just put those deputies out there on the interstate on I ninety five and just run those tickets that, back. That kind oh of place, yes, huh? Darien. It is known for being a speed trap, and there's they still handwrite tickets out there because it it just works for their system. And if you haven't read Praying for Sheetrock, you need to. But their population's only 14,000 for the whole county. And it's it's sandwiched between, like, it's just north of Brunswick, and it's obviously south of Savannah. So, I mean, it's surrounded by money, but it isn't money. And it's, if you get off there on I-95, I mean, there's, it's an interesting place. Interesting place. I did get a ticket there one time. So you helped support the... Uh Geechee or, or whatever. I'm glad that you asked. No, I didn't. Um, the day after I got the ticket, the person who wrote me a ticket sent me a message on Facebook and was like, hey, I really like your work. I went ahead and just threw out your ticket. It's a warning. Drive safe. Slow down in our county. Thank you. <laughs> you got it, bud. No problem. <laughs> uh, the privileges of celebrity. Uh, no, that's not what it is. Uh, speaking of being targeted, wildfires disproportionately affect the poor, a UGA study this says. This is a, a doozy. How? Uh, I don't even know why UGA is doing this study. Why, why they would waste their, waste their time. Uh, wildfires in Georgia are not... Uh, they happen... But that's, you know, we don't have what, you know, what out West has. No, but they said that counties with moderate to high wildlife fire risk are more likely to have higher poverty rates. Well, yeah, because there's no freaking forests in highly populated. There's no, there's not a massive open piece of land in Alpharetta or Milton or Ostel or vinings. I mean, this is the dumbest thing I've ever... Not the dumbest, but it's pretty dumb. 
Yeah, and it's always it's it's always, it's the same narrative that gets put out with with every other story. Hurricanes disproportionately affect poor and minorities. Tornadoes, it, these things that that the these things that happen that nobody can do anything about. It's not like we can bolster uh, poor communities and say, okay, you no longer have a risk of, 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 of forest fire. There's, there's so many variables that go into it. And, and apparently these counties that have a lot of forest fires, it's hard to get fire insurance. Well, yeah. It's a lot easier to write uh, fire insurance for somebody that lives in a neighborhood on, on three quarter acre lots. Yeah. Yeah. So surrounded, surrounded by cement where, you know, it, the, Likelihood is not going to does not going to jump from 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 house to house, or even if it does, it's not going to blaze out of control into a forest fire. Well, and they said the interventions that have to be made are costly because it costs thousands of dollars or more to harden your home against a wildfire or to hire someone in to come in and clear out and maintain vegetation and prune trees and stuff. Well, um, the reason that it costs well, there's lots of reasons, but. Among the reasons why it's more expensive to live in a neighborhood or in a highly populated area is because somebody came in and put out the cost to clear the area and clear vegetation and prune trees and and establish the property. I mean, if I buy a piece of land down here and it's just five acres of trees, I've got to clear some of it out or all of it. There's going to be a cost to that. Right. I don't understand. This is so right, and 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 we have forest fires because we don't have small fires, because the brush isn't cleared out. That that, but that's that's a different story. But the, I, I say I'm tired of hearing about the poor. It's not that I'm tired of hearing about the poor, but you know, who gets really hit by things that are going on? Of course, it's the poor. Who gets hit by inflation? Well, is it Nancy Pelosi who might have to uh, might have to take her quality of ice cream down half a step? Or is it the person that, that was already feeding five kids uh, hot dogs for dinner three nights a week? Of course, it's going to hurt that person more. Of course, it's going to hurt the person who buys the tube meat at Walmart, not the person who, who doesn't hurt the person who buys all their stuff at, at a local butcher shop. Well, and I- you know, the guy who's, who's eating Wagyu can take, take a step down to, to prime. The person who's already eating Walmart tube meat doesn't have anywhere else to go. Well, and I love how they're the they made sure to mention that California has stepped in to prevent insurance companies from not renewing policies in areas that have been affected by a catastrophic wildfire. Um, that's not the solution because, like in the paragraph before, they talk about how most states are dominated by a handful of insurance companies, giving homeowners few options if they need to replace a canceled policy. Well, here's a news flash for you: the reason that states don't do business in certain or insurance companies don't do business in certain states is because the states have made it a an awful environment for them to do business in. So if you prevent insurance companies from doing what is profitable, they're going to leave. Right. So really yeah, it's the absolutely. government that disproportionately affects the poor. Absolutely it does. And it encourages the poor to stay poor. Idiots. Because ultimately, our government needs a permanent underclass. Well, sure. They can't. Well, not enough time to get started on right. that. Right. They, they can. Yeah. They, they, uh, 
bread and circus. Look over here, bread and circus. That other that other party over there wants to take it away from you. So anyway, once again, government's mm-hmm. the problem. It's almost like a theme. I would say on the show, but throughout life. So Jessica, you have closing thoughts. Um, just wanted to bring up um, the newest Fulton County DA story, which is the, I guess, pursuit of a recall for you call her Fanny, Fanny, however, Miss Willis. Um, some of the Trump backers are now working on a recall which in Georgia there's certain times you can do a recall like it has to, it can't start like a year within a year of her being of the person being elected and it can't start a year before their reelection because of the cost and all that so basically there's like a two year period so coming up in January would be so they're starting the process now <sighs> I don't know this I I mean look at what happened with Gavin Newsom like they did all that work got so much momentum behind it and he still won re-election because you don't just do the recall and then get them out of office it's i don't i mean hopefully they know that but a lot of people don't know that you have to recall and then have people to run and then and it's fulton county i mean she's the only one that ran against paul howard i don't yeah there's there's special stipulations like you said on on recalls for for different you know she's in a state position but like local officials you can't just recall them because you don't like the way Mm -hmm. they vote they have to do something that is violates their oath or their ethical code right so while that that argument could be made for her and i don't care if she pronounces fanny it's fanny fanny's Mm -hmm. funnier um well, the thing with the I don't, judge, I don't, I don't, that I don't, thing that just came out about him, you know, hammering her and saying she can't even handle part of her own investigation and inquiry. Of course, that is like the most compelling thing against her right now, because there's a lot of things that I don't like that she's done, but she hasn't been in office to like really. I mean, she hasn't been there that long. To me, I think it's premature. Obviously, it's politically motivated because she's going after Trump people. So Trump people are like, well, we're coming for you. And. It's just it's just this goat rodeo that keeps going around in circles. But she hasn't done anything definitive other than the the thing with Burt Jones that could truly constitute legitimacy for this. Yeah, but it that one's going to be tough. That I, I I don't think like you said there's there's enough evidence to go going in there. That one's tough because should she have done it? No. But the, even the judge said, you know, you may not have explicitly violated any of the laws. You sh- you still shouldn't do this. It's it's hard to take that and turn it into uh, into a recall effort. And look, recall effort is going to use a lot of manpower, uh, a lot of money, and ultimately, it, it it may fail, or she may get recalled and then still win re-election. Right. And all it's going to do is is spend a lot of money that. Could be otherwise spent on finding and uh, and recruiting, totally. for that matter, someone to run against her. Start now. It's Fulton County. It, yeah, it, you've got plenty of attorneys in Fulton Not County. Not to mention that one of the best things about um, recruiting someone early 
and having them announce early, like, I don't know, in 2023, is that sometimes you can wag the dog in that sense and get people to behave a certain way because they already have an announced opponent. Right. It's also marking your territory. Is in political campaigns, and I know you know this, there's there is the there's a phase where you're kicking stuff around. You you put together a team and you start look at, seriously looking at running for this office. And the first question that always comes up is who else is running for that office? And if it's one somebody that that is super well liked, you just step aside, throw throw uh, throw your weight behind him, and and move move on with your life. Or you, you, you find out that, yeah, that person's got a political machine. There's no way we're going to beat them on a shoestring budget. You just simply bow out and keep your mouth shut. So when you, when you get out and you mark your territory and say, look, I'm, step, I'm stepping in here. I'm, I'm, I'm running, running for this office. You scare off a lot of people that would be would just be, be noise in the conversation when you, when you have a legitimate person running. All right. I think anyway, the the local races and the state races that I've been involved in, that that conversation comes up. And then, you know, Fanny knows somebody's coming for her. Right. All right. So half a century may be the end. SNL may be going away. Saturday Night Live. What? Yeah. It hasn't been truly funny in years. They did this, this weird twist where in the early years... When SL came came about, it was a bunch of comedians and sketch art, uh, sketch comedy guys that kind of just got together uh, at uh, Second City, which is a uh, Chicago, uh, at a at a, a improv club or something like that, and they started kind of doing this stuff. And there was a, a young executive that saw the potential in it and got the worst slot you could possibly get on Saturday night, right before uh, the. Uh, used to show the 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 flag and do and do the national anthem and they, they were off air, uh, the eleven thirty time slot. And they they came in then with the musical guest. They got the uh, mixture of comedy with rock stars, which made them cool. But lately, it's turned into nothing but uh, nothing but uh, political stabs. And to to the it, extreme always, too. I mean. Yeah, they've always made fun of, uh, you know, when it came on the air, Ford was uh, was president, but they 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 would make fun of Ford. They made fun of Jimmy Carter. They made fun of Reagan, uh, Bush. I mean, made fun of Clinton. There was there was an episode in the '90s where Clinton goes running uh, on a jog and into a McDonald's, and then he's talking to people about redistributing wealth and going and grabbing people's burgers off their plates and taking a bite and and putting it back down. Say, you know, this is how taxes work, and and it was it was great. It was hilarious. They weren't making a political point. They were being funny because Clinton was known to like fast food. But Lauren Michaels' uh, contract has not been extended. Uh, Pete Davidson is gone. Uh, he's actually a really talented uh, writer, uh, comedy writer. Uh, he just he kind of went over the, the deep end. Of course, the most thing he's, he's famous for doing is Kim Kardashian. Mm-hmm. But he, the... A lot of the a lot of the stars uh, are are headed out, and look, the, the, there were a lot of 
funny things that went through that show, but it got to the point where I'd DVR it and skip through to the news and laugh at that and then shut yeah. it off. I think a lot of people got to that point too, which is sad because, I mean, there used to be somewhere you would be like crying laughing. Yeah, the the one where uh, the two n- news anchors would read each other's jokes mm-hmm. at each other, and it's a white guy and a black guy. And uh, the the whole idea was, I haven't read any uh, any of these yet, and Colin Jost uh, would just read it and die laughing. Go, do I really have to read this? Yeah, man, you got to read it. And it's one of those that, yeah, would give, bring tears to your eyes laughing at it, but that happened once a year. Right. <laughs> and uh, uh, I, even even some of the stars said 50 is probably a good time to stop. So I, I know it's not be heartbreaking for anybody to not have that, to not sit up at 1130 on Saturday night, but but it's uh, it certainly ran its course, I think. So... For Eric Cumbie, our editor. For Jessica Salaji, my partner in this endeavor. I'm Dave Roberts. Have a great week. Sunrise on the sun.